Going good like every other Sunday. Yeah. All right. With us tonight in uh, third chair is going to be the owner of Donathan Racing, Zach Donathan. Zach, you've been on this podcast two or three times so far. This is the first time you've come on that's been a video podcast. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've, we just started like, what, what do you think, like 10 episodes ago? Something like that, yeah. You push me, and the MMA guys push me to do it, and it's like, all right, you know, I had all the stuff. It's just getting it to work together was really difficult. I I need a new laptop, and you can see I'm a little glitchy. What I need is a cable that's like a hundred and some feet long to run from my computer up to my modem to make it like super smooth. I'm just, you know. Slow. Is that an Ethernet cable? Yeah. I have one. No, nah, I just am going to buy one because I need a. I actually need probably two because the one in the house is going to be permanent because there's a spot to put it in where our um, direct TV came in through back in the day when we used to have that dumb thing. So, yeah. Richard DeVron, our uh, team manager, check it in for Donathan. Knutson, check it in. Um, yeah, so how's it been going lately, Zach? You've been coming out with some new interesting products. You've been racing. You became Roar 5 Regional Director. So you've been, and you're a new dad. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. You're, yep. Still yeah. trying to get to jiu-jitsu. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, you've been, you've been a busy guy. Uh, yeah, so, um, if you don't know... Uh, I run Donathan RC uh, full time, and that's about 50 hours a week. <clears throat> um, and on top of that, uh, we, my wife and I, recently had our first child, a little girl. Um, and we kind of we don't do the whole social media thing with her. Uh, we want to let her decide if that's what she wants, especially because I kind of have like a platform. Like it's yep. more than just my friends that see. Right. So I'm going to pause you there for a second. So when my daughter Jacqueline was about eight, she was trying to race. She, she was kind of getting into it. And I brought her up to a track about two hours away. And they're like, Oh, I saw you on your dad's Facebook. My daughter, when she was eight snapped at me, like, I don't want to be on that blah, blah, blah. And like, so same deal. I don't post pictures of her. Joe three doesn't care. Anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So, um, yeah, we we just want to let her make that decision um, because there's been some weird things with, like, kids on social media. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. Um, so 
taking care of a newborn. She turned five um, months old uh, this month, and she's starting to teeth. Yep. Um, she's been a handful beyond that. So mm-hmm. doing all that, and then like Joe said, I try to do uh, jujitsu uh, twice a week to work out. Um, and uh, in my free time, I get to go race. Um, the closest track to me now is actually Hoosier RC. Nice. And I race uh, Mod Wheeler there. Um, oh, I still, Mod. I wish we had Mod up here. <laughs> I, it's just, they let me run with the stock cars. I'm not, I'm like, I'm slower than the, the they have a bunch of fast locals there. Yeah, like they Alan do. Lee, Nick Reppin, all those guys are like, a full second a lot faster than me. Um, and so it's just kind of, I'm like average speed with my mod wheeler, but I'm not fast. Right. Like talent is way faster with my mod wheeler than I am. Well, you're competent. Yeah. I, I, well, I blown up one car, uh, <laughs> not on purpose. It was kind of a, a landing cause there was a, a triple, um, for mod, well, or you could double single. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of collided in the air. Oh. Um, but it was it wasn't too bad. It we both it was just a marshal. Um, but most of the time I'm not running people over or anything like that. We're just racing. Honestly, I only have an advantage in like the little short shoots. Yeah. Because there's not like any big long straightaways. Um, I mean you have the front straight right now. Um. But it's I'm faster maybe the first third to half, and then we're the same speed, and you, then you got to slow down for the corners. So yeah, so like yesterday I was at the track breaking in my B7, and a local fast kid, Braden Nelson, was breaking in his B7, but it was his mod car. His mm-hmm. fast lap was a half a second faster than any stock time. But it was so easy to make a little mistake and lose a full second, a lap with the mod car. Um, it is, you know, we've had, we've had this discussion at nauseum on this podcast. It's like, well, at what point, you know, is is it too fast? I mean, it's been said a lot that mod's too fast. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. Mine's too fast. Alex Hagberg thinks mine's too fast. Um, I mean, there's been a bunch of proposed ways to to slow mine down. Um, I've heard six five blinky, and that's the argument everyone says. But then you run into the um, the, the motor war again. Yeah, like you your do. Top guys are that's plenty for me. Like I'm not gonna. Oh yeah. I use a six five for for maybe my touring. Yeah. But for Mod Wheeler, like I use a 7.0, and I'm considering going down to an 8.0 just so I can tune the motor a little bit. Right. Uh, you know, um, I can get into that. But it's, you know, it's it's so fast. It's I barely use it. And like I said, I'm only faster the first third to half of any long straightaway. Okay. And, you know, when – so Talon drove my mod car. He went – um like two seconds a lot faster than I did, which is not, <laughs> not great for me. Um, but he went like a few tenths a lot faster than his stock car. Yeah. First time out, first pack, uh, which is a lot because he's, you know, he yeah. won the clash and it's his home track. But still, 
you have to be quick to to win. Right. So we uh, talked about the clash on here, and Tom Rindernick's stock TQ two-wheel drive speed would have put him fourth in the A in modified. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it's, an, <laughs> it's an interesting talk. And then yesterday at Dollar, my dad was testing out his um, – my dad is going down to 21.5 independent. Well, most of the country is going to 21.5 for stock. Mm-hmm. And our quote unquote pro class is still going to be 17.5. But he had a 21.5 in his car. I was three to four tenths of a lap slower with it, but it was so much easier to drive. Unbelievably easier to drive. Just slowing it down that little bit. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I, so. I know there's been a bunch of comparison videos out there, but if you go back and look at like the mod brush motor days, yeah, the twenty one fives now are faster than the modified brush motors. Yeah, well, I, I brought so. that up with uh, Jeff Choban, where we have a group chat with um, Dollar Hobby race directors, and he's like, "Dude, this is so rad!" And I go, "It's so slow." <laughs> like, and they were on foam tires back then. Yeah, well, that, and they had NICAD batteries. Yeah, You know, with the LiPos, you have a whole bunch of punch, and then they don't fade either. Right. I mean, for, I mean, a little, but not really. Yeah. A couple of tenths. Yeah. If, you know, if you really <clears throat> get after it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know the right way, but I think that overall we're too fast right now, and there's no, I think another issue that I have is, like, there's no ascension plan. So, like, a lot of places don't have, like, even a beginner class. Okay. And then the, the air quote, like, novice or beginner classes have people in them that are, not always, but sometimes they have people in them that are actually pretty good drivers. Um, and I'm not talking national events. I'm right. Talking no, I know what you're club. talking. Yeah. And, I mean, to have, that's a whole other thing, too. But, I, you know, um, I think that when you are good enough to get around the track and like start beating some of the times in like, uh, well, it depends where you are, but out of the novice class, yeah. um, whichever next step that may be, would be a good way to transit. The race director should transition you out of that class. Right. For sure. Um, but my opinion, that's how I grew up too. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, before we get into race results, Jake Schweischberger checking in. He's saying uh, he loves the content. And am I running my B7 at Island next week? And what classes? Um, yeah, I'm running my B7. I'm running Expert Stock in 13.5. And I'm running Oval on Sunday, Midwest Late Model. Austin's checking in. And Gary's saying smooth is usually faster than horsepower. On his track, yes. So, Zach, on Gary's oval track, and this boggles the mind with people, we turn our throttle down. Nobody's at 100%. Like a 13.5 sprint, you know, you're, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you all year, let alone on the podium. <laughs> I was on the podium at the beginning of the year when I That's actually true. was able to race. Right. You know. Um, 
but yeah, you know, Hobby Farm though. Last night, speaking of them, they had their um, Valentine's Day race. Let's look at the couples race. Kyle Quas won that with his significant other. Laura Gatewood with her significant other took second. In. Frank's significant other was Qua- uh, uh, Miller. Oh, gotcha. Um, and Matt Larson. Who was with Matt Larson? Knutson. Oh, who's the big spoon in that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I really wanted to go to the hobby farm yesterday, but I had to get the B7s but broken in, and I needed sleep. Between Thursday night and Friday night, I got about a total of seven hours of sleep. It's, no kidding. Yeah, it's just, you know, normal life shit. Nothing bad happened. I was just exhausted when I was done testing. I was thinking about going up and um, running a qualifier because I saw that there was a ton of people there. But also, I forgot I had to fix my car, and I did that today. The entire um, front clip, the entire front clip that holds on my nose for the Midwest mod was busted. That's how hard, hard I got shot into the wall. Could have just asked me. I got an extra one here. Oh, uh, Jordan saying Jordan and Kyle are back to back champs. Austin saying Matt's 100% on his sprint. Knutson, he said he was 55% on his Midwest mod. But yeah, anyways, they had an awesome Valentine's Day race at the Hobby Farm. Uh, they had like tw- they had late model as well, so they're getting things going. Did you guys watch any of the uh, round one of the INS event? Over in uh, Milwaukee, I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of it, but I did watch Lifetime, and I was talking to Clayton and Kyle. and yeah. I do believe they are watching right now. Okay, so the track looked awesome. It and did. It, oh, speaking. So we were talking about dryers earlier, and my dryers like lost its balance, <laughs> like totally. Um. Jackie decided to throw her laundry in, so you know how teenage girls do laundry. They just stuff it absolutely full and just wreck everything. Um, yeah, uh, what did Clayton run? Did Clayton run mod? I know he normally runs mod when he goes to Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, mod, stock, and truck, I believe. Yeah. Um. Tr- See a main. It looks like oh man, Kyle didn't make the A four um, thirteen five. Nate Sutherland won that, followed by Chase Raymond and Tyler Pat. Now um, Nate Sutherland's gonna be beating the living crap out of me next week at Island. That kid's like he's, he's he really did good this. Um... In all of them, he, you know, I was looking at the results because uh, yeah. Talon said he was going there. Right. And I knew first first round INS, Talon didn't even make the main, I don't think, in these two classes. Well, I'm looking at these results, and holy crap, Tyler Hooks in two-wheel stock buggy finishes eighth. That is crazy. Tyler Hooks is usually, you know, Sammy Moran ends up in the third spot. He's usually... In what he 
it's it was crazy. Um, Tyler Pantenow is one of those um, Omaha guys that are really coming up too. He's mm-hmm. he's going to be one to watch. Now, where did the big guys finish here? Wow, that was all right. Whoa. It was, um, you know, Spencer Rivkin, he is not old by any means. How old do you think he is, 24? No. Uh, I think he's no 24, 20, 24, 25. Really? He was, yeah, 15 year old. he was 15 when he won the Worlds at um, in Japan with the B5. He was the youngest world champ. I believe he still is. Um, I don't know. I doubt it. We'll say, uh, say true. Well, see, when he won the world champs with the B5M, he was 15 years old then because I remember there was a little controversy behind it because there was some kind of dumb rule that you had to be 16 to run the worlds, and he skirted in. Yeah, Austin's saying probably him, too, that Nate's going to beat him. Yeah, Austin's coming with us to Iowa. We're leaving Friday. But Spencer wins it, and then you have Chase Lemieux in the number two spot and Ryan Cavalier in the number three. Ryan, not doing too bad because, I mean, that was a ridiculous field because you had Spencer Rivkin in the one, Chase Lemieux in the two, Cavalier in the three, Brock Champlin in the four, Rindernick in the five, Horn in the six, Evans in the seven, Tollard, Bada, uh, Drayton Staub, and Gregory Tennis. I mean, a load of killers. Something to note is that Cav beat Brock yeah. uh, in both two-wheel and four-wheel mod. <clears throat> When Brock was doing really good last year, last season. Yeah, Brock's still doing fairly well, but it seems like um, he had a little, not a bad um, Worlds, but it was a little bit flat compared to where he had been. And it seems like he's still a little bit flat because I was predicting Brock to win one of the classes. And I think he ended up around that fourth position, which is phenomenal still. But he he didn't have that edge that he had prior to the worlds. Um, but do you think that's his new power package? No, because the new power package didn't start until two or three weeks ago, maybe okay. a month. Unless he announced his new power package then and has been running it for longer, that could be as well too. Because right. if you're still getting used to it and you know you're oh. good with this, you know, everything's different. So when um, he switched, I explained this on here as well, but when he was at the NCTS that was in Minnesota the, at a track that's no longer around, he would pull away from Spencer on the infield and Spencer would eat eat it all up on the straightaway and be right on his tail. Spencer had so much more power over that LRP that um, Brock was running. It was unreal. And Brock was pitting behind me, and he's just so frustrated and throwing everything at that stuff to get the power, which to me it's like I can't even barely hold on to a 13.5, and you're throwing numbers at a ESC with a 6.5 or 6.0 in your car. 
Yeah, with Pod, it's all about like how the power's applied. Yeah. I don't. And some of it's like how you come on to the straight too, like how much speed and like the line you take as right. well. Not not just the power because like in my touring, um, everyone kind of runs the same or similar settings. Okay. Um, it's just kind of it's really easy to drive, um, but to do it like fast, it, I'm beat by like Kemp and uh, Sam down the straightaway every okay. time, and I'm from <laughs> the same stuff they are, right? And they're just faster, right? Right. Um, at dollar, I really saw that in mod touring car dollar for the Christmas classic. Um, I got to get the guy's name. I always forget the guy's name, but I guess he's a big touring car racer. Oh, crap. I lost the track. Um, it wasn't snowy. Is it Brian? Brian Busey? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was him. And the way he ran mod around that track compared to everybody else, and there were uh, we had a full heat of mod touring car at that race. And what he was doing compared to everybody else was because a lot of the mod guys, they were using the mod motor down the straightaway, but they were still trying to, instead of carry corner speed, they were trying to drive it like a stock car and keep it as tight as possible. And, you know, they weren't letting the car flow. And Brian was just, he was probably two feet wider in every corner, just apexing it differently and just lapping the entire field. The whole it was, it was amazing to watch. Brian drives differently than in my than most people. Okay. I would say, um, so that's not really normal, but it's it really works for him. Yeah. Um, and what I say is it in when somebody first starts mod, like when I was talking to Jeff. I said it it should look like a mod car in the straightaways. Yes. And a stock car in the infield. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you drive it like a stock car. Okay. Um actually I ran with Brian um at the lower level in uh Mishawaka, Indiana. Yep. Um and at the fourth third, I don't know, one of the motive races. Yeah. Um, at the level. And that was uh that was a good time. He um he ended up TQing, and uh, I was able to keep. And I qualified third. Um, I stuck my way into second. And I was able to put pressure on him. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, and made the pass. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, you know, this is the first time I've seen those guys. They came for the first time to the Dollar Hobby race, and I don't think they'll be coming for the March race because we're going to get in that in a little bit. But um, yeah, it it was different when you see. Have you you've you've met uh, Yari Tesquila, haven't you, Zach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fitted with him um, and roomed with him at last year's champs. Right. So Yari lived in Minnesota from like '97 mm -hmm. to 2010. I've known him since he moved to Minnesota from Finland, and we used to race nitro on road together, and. I would get off the driver's stand and my dad would get off the driver's stand and he he raced touring car back then and he's just shaking his head at me. And I'm like, what? He goes, Jesus Christ. He goes, I've never seen 
two people run the exact same lap times and do it a hundred percent different because i was strapped with that car i was reckless but i was doing the same lap times as my old man and he's just like he's like i don't get it he goes your car shouldn't even be in one piece right now (laughs) but yeah that's that's probably the way um uh uh bussy is i've always forget that guy's name but i remember um snowy was there too he was um he always pitted in the corner next to where the announcer's booth was and he came and gave me a lot of crap all the time but um so let's get into dollar hobbies friday night race they be they've been big all year for a friday night we started 6 30 we had 72 entries which is pretty good uh, we finished at 1130 a little late. There were no delays and it was about a minute, 20 to two minutes in between each heat. That's just how long it takes. Um, it was very, the mains were at the top level disappointing because the new carpet is coming apart on the tires and they're clogging the front tires. Um, but yeah, we'll go through the results cause it w- was still good racing, but you could tell the car started pushing really bad at about the 10, 12 lap mark. But, uh, Matthew Mickelson won followed by Ethan Mickelson in two and Torot. That's your expert two wheel buggy. And then four wheel. It was Ethan in the one Matthew in the two and Chris Malouli in the three Malouli. So what's happening after this race, we're killing shore course because they're heavy and damaging. And it's unfortunate because those guys have been working all year to build up a class. So after this race, the points for short course and intermediate stock buggy and stock truck are over. Ooh, Jason White won stock truck. Did you see that? He's got that. Now. He got that thing so dialed. Uh, Jason White owns a toy boxer. He's one of the owners. I think his whole family owns that property. But so what's going to happen now, Zach? And this sucks because a lot of our expert guys are talking about not coming back, just because after a couple minutes, the new the newest CRC carpet falls apart it ravels up in the tires like i've never seen it happen before not with the first gen of the black carpet or the second gen but with this latest generation it is truly weak and um it's getting like the holes it's getting from like not just off-road it's getting holes from off-road don't get me wrong but from on-road races it is uh, it's mind-boggling and you see a hole develop and you're like after the race you're like everybody check their cars and everything's fine it's like why is this happening um unfortunately um crc has made a very i don't know they don't make it they find the carpet and distribute it i believe because that's the way it used to be with the gray carpet 
A lot of people don't know the gray carpet back when that started back in the day. That was the same stuff that was in a late 80s, early 90s GM car. It was the same stuff. Um, And then they've developed the black carpet. I don't know if they're having that made or if they find it and they sell it or whatever. But from what I've been reading, also with touring car, the grip has been less than par, way less than par. And I saw it firsthand at the Christmas race. Have you experienced that at all, Zach? Uh, No, I haven't raced on this latest generation of carpet. So actually, I believe this is the sixth generation of carpet. Each time CRC brings in... I don't know how they bring it in or or what, but it's like a batch. Yeah. So they buy so many thousands of feet or tens of thousands or whatever. Okay. And then um, each one is is different um, from the last. Uh, So, no, I haven't. And they just came out with that, um, I want to say last year, um, maybe summertime. Uh, I haven't. I know EA was the first one to do it. Um, and I've heard of a lot of tracks switching, um, as well, but having similar issues. Okay. I've also heard of CRC replacing the carpet, uh, for these tracks. If they, it starts unraveling. I don't know if you guys have talked to them about that. Yeah. Um, Jeff has, and they have ghosted him, which is very unfortunate. And there were very unfortunate comments made at the snowbirds to certain people that I've heard it's third hand what I've heard, but it's very reliable third hand. And we can talk about it after. I Uh, mean, you can go on RC tech and look at the comments. Yeah, there's those too, but these are top guy comments. No, these are, these are, this is from Michael Hanula. Oh, really? See, I don't go on RC tech anymore. I didn't know that was still a thing. Yeah, it's. I go and look at the Automatics thread because I can't help myself. No, oh, <clears throat> sometimes there's a few nuggets of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's. Um, I mean, the essentially um, what he's saying is that the new generation of carpet and the tires don't work well together. No, they don't, and it's because inc- last year um, we raced on. It had to have been Generation 1 or Generation 2 carpet. It was like 2018 carpet, okay? And that held together just fine for off-road. The carpet didn't clog up the tires. Like, you seriously grab a string, it like, your tires grab it and then spool up and clog. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. I've never seen anything like it before. Um... So because of that, a lot of guys aren't they're they're gonna maybe try to finish out the season, but I've been hearing they're like Jeff puts in a great layout and I do a great job running the show, but they they're like when it comes main time, they can't actually race. It's survival because your car stops steering. Um, like not just a little bit, like it feels like your car is broken. It's that severe. What's very disappointing to me is it's obvious that they did not test this batch. 
you know, you'd think they would have put it through the ringer a little bit. A little bit. Uh, but RC racers and RC track owners are innovative. This, this can't be it. This can't be our only option. You know what I mean? There's, uh, there's other carpets out there that work fine. There's, they're just not the black rug. It's just, they're different. Yeah. Well, if they're different, but consistent and they don't do anything weird, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I think everybody needs to start looking into that stuff because, man, I'll tell you what, Zach, Jeff worked hard into getting the brothers, uh, the twin brothers own the um, own dollar, so I, we all just call them the brothers. Um, he worked hard into getting them to foot the bill for new carpet, and then it's hasn't even been an entire season, and it's thin, and it's terrible. It's very unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I don't know how CRC is going to make this one right. I, I don't. Because, you know, that's a lot of money. No matter which way you look at it, it's a lot of money to refund. And let's say you find something better and sell it at cost to the tracks that bought the newest stuff, if you sell something at cost, you're still losing money. I mean, I think they go one step further and they, uh, I don't know if they, they source a different carpet or if they get another batch in and test it. Um, but they need to replace all this current carpet. And I think that's the way they gain the, the tracks and the people's, uh, trust back. Right. Because I mean, that's, you know, you got to stand behind your product. And if you didn't test it and I, they probably didn't, I don't know if they did or didn't. I can't speculate. I mean, the way you test that, I mean, you're, uh, with your company, the way you test things, like with just a simple sensor wire, I remember you sending me two or three different ones to try. And you're like, which one do you like better? Go A, B, and C. And that was just a sensor wire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're a very diligent person that tries to do everything the best that you can. Well, I think we're looking at two different um, type of people, or maybe four, yeah. but certainly yeah. uh, I would not equate them to the same standards um, that they, that I would uphold my company. Um, and I, and it's a tough, you know, not to, to swallow, however you want to phrase it. Uh, but it's, I mean, if, so I had some bad four mil connectors and I didn't, that when I measured them, they were slightly over tolerance. Right. I thought they were acceptable. Um, turns out that, uh, the manufacturers of batteries and chargers don't check the tolerances on their parts, really? or they just order whatever and then they just put them in. I don't, I don't know. Um, and some of the chargers with the smaller connectors, um, four mil female connectors, the my four mil mils that were too big, yeah, were manufactured incorrectly, uh, wouldn't fit. Okay. Yeah. Um, they didn't collapse enough. 
And so I end up um, putting out an exchange program. Um, so, for example, like, because uh, I thought they were okay, but they they weren't. Um, and then I since I threw away about fifteen hundred of those connectors. Yeah, which is that's a good uh, chunk a of change. Right. Um, but it's you know I replaced the ones the people some people didn't have any problems at all. Yep. Um, some people did. Um, but I replaced all the ones that, that wanted to be replaced. Um, and that's, I don't know what else to do. Like, you know, if something does get through your, your process and you think, well, maybe it's good enough. Um, then if it's not good enough and everyone's saying it's not good enough, not one track, not one person. Yeah. I think you need to step up and save your company's reputation. Right. Um, you know, and uphold and really bolster it too, because if you stand behind your product, when when something goes bad, you have a lot of people um, at cheerlead for you. I don't know how else to phrase. Yeah, no, it's you. You know, you've done very well with your company. Um, there we go. That was a weird button I just hit. But anyway, um, what what I know is like, let's say with your charger leads. I should buy them more often, but I don't have to. I'm going to have to buy the new charger soon. So I'm going to have to upgrade to the, what is it, the 458? Well, it depends which one you want, but there's a 456, a 458, and they're coming out with a 4512. I want a 458. That's the blue one. Yeah. So the thing is, so my wheel stopped working. Okay. Mm. But my, I'm still on my good charger channels. But then yesterday, all of a sudden, I hear a, like somebody's just hitting the start button. It's just going beep, 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 beep. Like I'm like, look around. I'm like, whose charger is that? I look. It's like it's mine. Mm-mm. It's still charging just fine. But I'm like, um, this is getting to the point to where it's getting sketchy. Well. They do sell, it may be it's one of two things, hopefully, and they're both kind of cheap. You can get a replacement ribbon cable um, for the from the charger to the uh, button yep. controller, and then you can also get a button controller as well. Okay. And they're pretty easy to replace. Yeah. Um, um, Brad Sandvig did, did uh, the screen for me a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and it was super easy. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got a few notes here. Um, Austin, he goes, check my PMs. He says, uh, they should talk about Bowman for the carpet he's got. So that was the carpet that is at Thunder Roll Road that was so worn down that there were holes in it, like holes from being worn down. <laughs> um, so notes, um, we talked about the CRC carpet. I don't need to, we don't need to go any harder, but I would like to, cause I'm up, I'm truly upset for, about it for the track owners, because as we all know, racing does not make money. Um, well it can, but the, the margins on a track are very slim. Back. Yeah, go for it. So Joey, you're still here. Yep. 
but it's one of those things to where a track puts $10,000 into carpet and it's not like they got that kind of cash floating around a hundred percent of the time. Right. So do you go racing last night, Joey? No, I, uh, I was kind of planning on it. And then, uh, right as I was getting ready to leave work, my boss come up to me and said, Hey, I got some work for you tomorrow. If you want to come in and make a couple extra bucks. I'm like, yeah, you got to make the bucks. You do. Um, Friday at work. So I'm in the office. Oh, 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 uh, good news. Yeah. Um, I'm switching to day shift. Oh, that is good news. Cause we're supposed to sleep at night and we're supposed to work in the day. Human nature. Um, so a guy comes really late. I'm an office guy now, but it doesn't matter. He's like, Oh, could you load my truck for me? I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Um, we'll just do that and uh, you know i'll help him out and whatever and he's taking a trip to texas and he's like oh this is my first day i'm like oh first day with your company no first day ever i'm like there's a 50 percent chance that this load's gonna make it down to texas there's oh my <laughs> it's like there's very little it's like good luck buddy um Lance Parker's wondering why did they do uh, SCT mod at D- Dollar Hobbies? Why were they not thirteen five from the start? He said he felt that was a big thing that hurt the carpet and that they were mod. Um, because that's just what they decided, and when they decided to run mod short course last year, this was not an issue. And I'm fine with people wanting to run mod, except for, well, so yesterday I was testing a dollar, and every 10 laps I would pull over and pull literally a handful of fuzz out of my tires and then put it down and run 10 more laps. And yeah, it would, but anyway, um, Nada Dockin. So we talked about Nada Dockin last time. She, um, had an incident some incident at the round prior at um, the techno series at the hobby plex fell and hit her head. She's now stable enough to fly to the Mayo clinic and start a rehab. So that's a good thing. Yes. Very good thing. Um, yeah. Did you guys see uh, the new Agama two wheel drive prototype with the inboard shocks, like an old uh, predator? Yeah. That thing's pretty rad, you know. Did you see the other one? Uh, uh, MC something. MC. I know what you're saying. So, the, are you talking the wheeler where the shocks are actually laying flat in the chassis? Yeah, that is so cool. I don't know if it works, but it's so cool. Um, it's very important that companies continue. Although it might. Let's be real. It's unlikely it'll be successful, but if companies continue to keep doing things like this, we'll end up with a suspension system that's revolutionary like the Osmatics. It's not like the Osmatics because that won't work in off-road, but they'll figure out a revolutionary design for off-road. If they keep... Why won't it work in off-road? 
if you make the if you make the uh, travel more. Yeah. It, so you just need a bigger bigger dampener, so it can rotate further. Right. Right. I suppose. Yeah. Jeremiah is saying it's. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. No. Yeah. You're right. And you know, I would love somebody to try it. Um, Jeremiah is saying the Wheelers MRO Racing. Yeah, that thing's super cool, and there's a whole bunch of new cars at the EOS. Some company came back from the dead. Um, they had a car like 15 years ago, and they came back from the dead at the EOS. A's. No, it, it was the A-scale race in Europe. I know the EOS is um, indoor. It's whatever they have for A-scale that's similar. Um, Corrali had a car, an A-scale car. It was really neat. It's like there were like three or four new, way different cars. Knutson's saying you need a DRC car. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I'll let the manufacturers of cars do that. There are There's plenty. more than enough of them. If they can't figure it out, then I certainly don't need to be in there. Yeah. Um. We haven't been talking about it too much on here, but um, pretty soon the icebreaker, I want to say it's the first weekend of March at Dollar. It's, um, I'm looking for it, and I'm not finding it because people clog up the Dollar Hobbies Facebook page with for sale posts. It's very aggravating. Um, but really, it's going to be similar to the Christmas Classic, except we are not running a heat Friday night but it's going to be a good time. Um, here we go. It's going to be March 1st through 3rd, and it's your standard on-road classes. I'm going to be the race director. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. And it'll be it'll be good. Um, 25.5 and 21.5 Touring Car did look good on it, but it seemed like... He, that 21.5 got a little too edgy. It really did. Um, is 25.5 getting big where you race on road, Zach? Yeah, I think Von Perry started it. Um, and he's... Uh, so Von is in uh, local in Ohio. Okay. I live in Louisville, but <clears throat> most of Louisville, Kentucky, most of the racing I do is in Indiana Okay, for uh, on road right now. Yep. So those guys cross, I mean, you know, we're a couple hours apart um, for most of those tracks. So yeah, both these guys race with each other. So yeah, I, it's, it's, um, it's getting there. It's kind of mixed. Like when, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when uh touring car was switching from 21, five uh, from 17, five. Yeah. Um, I remember when they were still trying to run 13, five. Yeah, like 13.5 for, I think now that they're slow enough, the like super stock at these big races like Snowbirds yeah. could be, if they go to 25.5, could be two turns faster like a 17.5. Right. Um, because those, I mean, if you beat a super stock turn car in your mod car, you're yeah. like, you're pretty good. Yeah. I'm, you're doing good. Right. 
Um, Knutson has a question for you, Zach. Um, he has a set of charger cables that he needs the ends changed out for different ends. Can he send them to you? Uh, so it depends. So we do offer that service. Um, but it depends on what needs to be done. So there are two types of balance extensions in the cables uh, for 2S. And if you have to switch the balance extensions, it's cheaper to um, just buy a new cable. Right. Uh, because of the time it takes to switch them out and all the parts and whatnot. Right. Um, if you're just, if like, let's say you have a four to five mil connector and you want to switch to a five mil, or if you have an XT90 connector and you want to go to a QS8, yeah, no problem at all um, with with that kind of thing. Um, if if anybody needs any of that kind of stuff done, we do offer it as a service as as DRC, not the shameless plug. Uh, but, um, yeah, so Ryan, just get a hold of us at, uh, Donathan RC. It's, uh, D O N A T H E N R C, um, on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, we got to get you one of these nice new shirts. I know I got to get one. I just, every time I go to order our more RC shirts, I'm like, that's a set of tires. <laughs> For what? For what? Yeah. So let's say, Mike, oh, dude, I could get a set of rear carpet tires for the cost of a shirt. We're buying different tires, man. I wish. Yeah, um, I do have a J-Con deal. Okay. See, I so if you don't run off-road clay, yeah, it's I don't know how much it is, but if you run off-road clay, it's like $100 retail a set of tires. Well, a set of tires. Two race days. Yes. So a set of tires is, if you were to buy retail, a set of 10 scale two-wheel drive buggy tires is $4 cheaper than a set of ace scale buggy tires. That is nuts. So Ryan's saying uh, it's bullets to a X60. He's priming the XT16. Yeah. And if it's on the charger side, it's not a problem. Yeah. Charger side connectors are easy to do. Yeah. Austin's saying J-Con for the win. Yeah. You know, I've been happy with them. Um, it's, you know, it is, and we've all been sponsored by different companies, and sometimes it's hard to stay with the company, but J-Concepts, it has not been hard. Because they've had a tire that works almost everywhere. Um, what else? I only have... Um, did you see Mod came out with the new... Fi- I know you guys aren't fist scale guys, but I'm totally geeking out over their new fist scale body. So what it is, it's, um, it's called the Everlast body. And, you know, Joey, you're good at this. And I still haven't figured out how to do this. Can you bring up Mod Speed Shop, go to their fist scale section, and bring up the Everlast body? Yes. I, thank you. Because it's aerodynamically correct, and it's not Lexan. Because Lexan bodies do not last long in fist scale at all. And if, So get this, uh, Zach. A new... Lozy body 
it the new the Lozy bodies work well, but they're Lexan. A new Lozy body, a clear one, costs three hundred and ten dollars. What? They, yeah. Is it the Everlast body? Yeah. And they last for half a season. So what I did was I found this thirty degree north body that's made out of like like tote plastic, like uh, Rubbermaid plastic. And it was 150 bucks, but I had to cut it up in such a way that it was aerodynamically correct. And then it really didn't protect much, but here, we're going to add it right here. There, that's the one I, I ordered the green one. Um, yeah, that is aerodynamically correct. And it's made out of, oh, good plastic and the price tag for an everlast body is $250 which it's a lot of money but if you can get a few years out of it I have no issue spending the cash cuz you know fist scale stuff is expensive all right yeah, I mean it's a lot of material but yeah. it's I spend you know, in an average year, probably two hundred and fifty dollars in touring car bodies. Yeah. Sweet, thank you, Joey. I appreciate mm -hmm. you doing that. Now we're all jumbled up, weird. <laughs> we we were three wide. There we go. Uh, Joe Garcia saying those five T Lexan bodies are a beast to paint. <laughs> yeah, I can even imagine trying to paint one. Um. Yari painted a Fiscal Touring car body, and he said he he put it over him and <laughs> started painting like that. Like he put it on like a hat. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I was geeking out over that all week because after this Iowa race, I'm going to start getting ready for Silver State again for the Fiscal. And I'm not going to break out of every dang race. Uh, that was the most frustrating race weekend I ever had. I broke out out of every single open race, and I barely backed into the A in 40 plus when I took the top seed. So that's the kind of weekend I had. Um, a lot of those things aren't going to be happening. It's um, that a, uh, a driver or a mechanic issue? It was... Um, so you used to race A-scale buggies back when you really had to prep them, right? Yeah, we I raced on loose, slowing dirt. Yeah. Time's up by 10. Things need to be, like, perfect. Like, so it was the D or the E-main... That's what I was in for open. It's like, all right, I'll play alphabet soup with the truck. I blast past the field immediately. And on the third lap, I'm taking a right-hand corner into the rhythm section, and my right rear just collapses. An arm just gave out. I don't know why. I don't know. I ain't do anything. It's one of those things that I learned a lot at that race. And... It was frustrating. Well, I don't know all those scenarios. It's not the uh, that wreck that actually does it 
or whatever. It's the 500 before that. And then it was probably suspect on the bench and they didn't notice it. Yeah. I've been guilty of that. Yeah, it could be. Um, I only, that's one other thing about Fiscal. Um, it could have been the rutted track that ripped apart that rear arm because the tracks, you, I mean, it, it's a different kind of rut. It's, it's actually kind of cool. Um, but I guess they run, they keep the plastic front arms because you keep, but they run this certain aluminum rear arm that I had no idea that they all run. <laughs> so, but you know, that was just one scenario where it broke another scenario. The $850 motor sucked dirt. That was not pleasant, you know, but it sucked dirt. I'm super happy because it destroyed the carburetor. Like it just blew apart the carburetor, but it didn't go into the actual motor. So that was lucky, but that was one of the scenarios. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so yeah. Um, I finally tested out the B seven yesterday. Joe three built 60% of his, I built the shocks and the turnbuckles cause he was in school and I had to finish the cars. Um, I took a day off to do it. The car is excellent. I've never had a car that steers that much and that smoothly. So with every car previous on a carpet track, when you're going around 180, there's that middle point of the corner. You can barely see it, but you see it where the car like almost stops. It's like a hitch. It's just like a, uh, and then you go. The B7 does not do that. One thing it does do, though, it has a five-gear transmission, and that is going to be rough with stock. Um, it does eat power. We're, I mean, I put on a slipper eliminator, and that helped out a ton, but I still can't quite get out. I can't get out of the hole the way I could with the three-gear transmission with the B6.4. I'm still going to rip that B7, though, because everything else on the car was great. Um, it came ridiculously... I bought the carpet version. It came ridiculously soft out of the factory. Like, they put... It's like two or three steps, two softer rear springs on it. But, I mean... It is what that part is what it is. It was silly, but the car was excellent. Um, they're having a couple guys are having issues. I've been seeing on the forum boards. I don't, I doubt you guys are on the B7 forum boards, but they have narrow rear pivot blocks and a narrow front bulkhead and longer arms. Mm -hmm. People are tearing up the C block. And I don't know, like they're ripping the pill out of the C block the hard way. Huh. And so I went and measured the walls are the same thickness on the B6.4 D as they are on the B or on the B6.4 D, whatever that's the same C block as it is to the B7. But I think that extra leverage with that longer rear arm and that narrow pivots really, really making that pill, uh, that might 
be something that they need to look at, put thicker walls on that C block. Oh, he's saying order the pin. Yeah, Ryan, um, pins rip out of pills. I've had, um, I've had pills break on almost every car I've had. And when I get off the track and I see it's a busted pill and nothing else, it's almost a relief. Um, so yeah, I mean the other options going to <clears throat> a direct mounted arm to the chassis, but then with the off road cars, you're probably going to start destroying arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a busted arm yesterday on the out outside part of the arm. One thing I did see though is that um, KPI steering setup, the C hub and the knuckle and all that stuff. It does work on a B six four arm. So if you guys don't want to make a hundred percent commitment, but you want that KPI steering, it's it's legit. Um, so hopefully next week I can make something happen with it. I don't have anything else really for notes, which is unfortunate. Do you guys have anything? You already know what I'm going to say. What are you going to say? Oval, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Dude, I'm so excited next week to go run on that big oval. You know, Zach, that's one faction of RC I never thought I would get into is oval. And I'm getting into it, and now I want a sprint car. Clayton's got one for sale. I know he does, but um, it's not in the budget. Because like I said, fist scale. <laughs> um, uh, Knutson said I've seen a couple guys avoid ovaling out oh ovaling out the new arm after the first run maybe I don't run the I don't run the plastic because it's counterintuitive when you run on carpet to run plastic because there's too much flex and all that I run the carbon stuff and I did not have that issue yesterday I put, I counted the laps. I put about 300 laps on the car yesterday just to get the drivetrain free and get it all broken in and all that stuff. How long were you there? Five hours. I ran six batteries, 50 laps a pack. I suppose that's not so bad. Though. Yeah. No, not at like one single shot. But what's not so on my last run, you go out and you make changes every run. My fast lap was like a 10-7. My last lap, my 50th lap, was a 10-8. And my battery was at 7.5 volts. So it's consistent. <laughs> um, I have uh, questions. Uh, Matt Del Judas just wanted to thank Zach for sponsoring the Motive Midwest All-Star Carpet Series. Uh, he had... Um, he said we had, oh, he had the latest event yesterday with, um, 74 guys with 124 entries in Batavia, Illinois. What is that? How you say that? Batavia? Batavia. Batavia. Yeah. That's rad. I'm so happy that on roads like popular out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm glad it is, too, because it's not in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> There's it, about five of us in Kentucky. It's alive in Minnesota, and I'm not even going to – we have a solid group in Minnesota, but it's we're not getting 74 
individual guys. Might get 50 at most. Uh, I haven't looked at it, but I would bet that half of those are like GT12. Yeah, well, VTA is pretty good too. Oh, are you talking in Botvia? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of touring car guys are kind of going away. Well, I don't know what carpet they have there. Uh, Austin's saying, my two-wheel drive setup still isn't right, Joe. I'm in the same boat. It's consistent but doesn't feel right. Um, Yeah, we got to work on it because we're going to the race on Friday. Jeremiah says, uh, what is the state of 12-scale racing these days? Guess there's a spec 12 class that's running at MMR next Sunday. Someone is trying to talk me into buying a used car and running. That is a GT12 class. And it is, they're easy to drive. It's a little more difficult to be fast with them. But you have to be at a 98% or better consistency clip with them. Like, if you need one marshal, you're not going to catch back up to the lead group. You will not. Have you messed with the GT12s at all, Zach? Uh, that's one of the only classes I haven't raced, and I will not be racing it because it's not mod. Uh, it's the opposite of mod. And that's great. And yeah. I think I, I go back to the Ascension thing. Um, yeah. People that could competently wheel a mod car around the track probably should not be racing that. Right. Uh, the same reason that I abstain from running Euro truck, even though it's probably the most fun I've had besides mod touring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, looking at the Batavia results, actually, um, all of their classes are not all, a lot of their classes are the slower classes. They had five heats of BTA. Wow. Uh, three heats of, uh, TT, Class, yep. which I think is Tamiya chassis. TTO2, and, you think? What's that? Is it the TTO2 chassis they use? I, I don't know. Okay. It just says um, Tamiya. Oh, wait. I went past it. Um, Tamiya TT. I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, it might be a TTO2, TTO1. I don't know. It's probably just, it could be. Um, they're great for like spec racing, especially if you don't mess with them. Yeah. And then they had three heats of uh, GT12. So mostly the slower um, classes there, which is great. Yeah. Um, I, you know, nothing against the class speed um, affecting that. But I think that's kind of where like it's reasonable to drive and you don't have a bunch of people like myself running those classes that ruin it for the people putting them you know, 20 laps down or something. They have, right. and they have a bunch of them too. So you can race against people, your speed. Yeah. Like, I think it's great. I, that's what I think on road was missing for a little while yeah. is an ascension. I think off road has this weird thing. Yeah. It's like too much. <laughs> there's, there's like too much of ascension. So unfortunately, um, um, independent and um intermediates going down to 21.5 so i just had to pick up a 21.5 for uh joe three's two wheel it's like all right you know he's gonna be ticked off because i put a quicker mo he blew up his motor in his wheeler and i only had a quick motor it was 
I had to switch to all Reedy products this year, which is not bad at all because their new motors are pretty good. Um, what did you say, Joe? Nothing. I was just reading something. Yeah. But anyway, um, I put my 13.5 from last year in his wheeler. He's like, oh, my God, it's so fast. I love it so much. So he's going to be upset that his two-wheel is going to be significantly slower. Um, Jeremiah saying, but anyway, so Jeremiah, the GT 12, that would be a great way for you to get into on-road because Jeremiah mm -hmm. is a once every once in a while racer. Yeah. Um, I know Scott Jakes is doing the, uh, the club race hero, um, which is a 3d printed car and it's working really good. It is. Um, and then, you know, those tires he does last forever. Um, and so it's pretty affordable. It's a spec motor. So you don't have to worry about motor of the week stuff. You get yeah. a good battery, um, do a little setup and, uh, just drive it. Yeah. Uh, Knutson saying we have some of the best off-road and oval racing in the Midwest that we do. Jeremiah saying, sounds like there's going to be some Tamaya parking lot racing this summer in the cities. That'll be awesome. I love I would love to have a car to run in a parking lot. I did a parking lot race last summer. First time in like 25 years doing a parking lot race. And I absolutely destroyed the chassis of my two-wheel drive car. Joe, you have a brand new B7. I do know. Perfect. Yeah. For the car. Yeah. Um, so I want a B7 in a, in a waffle. And I might have a B7 street stock. No, I don't think it will be. I think that'll be my AstroTurf car, and I'm going to make my B64 into a street stock. Or that's a street stock with the, or that's the B64 is the one with the dinged up chassis. That could become a parking lot racer. It already was in the parking lot once. So uh, AJ is saying he's going to have some power in Island. Yeah. Um, Austin was trying to make uh, Tekken stuff fast. That doesn't... I heard good things about it. We'll talk, um, but no. Um, <laughs> Chris uh. Chris Doze was wondering, he goes, you mentioned, because I said in the announcements, and Chris is one of the guys getting the shaft because we're, we're killing the short course class and he is one of the short course guys, he's saying, you mentioned at Dollar um, a name to write to about SCTs. Can you give me that name again? I will definitely take the time to do that. And I did, and I said, don't be a jerk. I said, be respectful, but tell them what is happening and how it has affected your racing. And that those people are Frank and Mark Calandra. Or CRC Racing, but I don't know how much they're on CRC Racing. But, um, yeah, be respectful. You you can let a company know in a respectful way. Um, Austin saying, Zach, sorry, but Tekken, you know, I they was... They are in, in on-road. Oh, they are in on-road. Yeah, we're trying to make them an off-road, so they got to be, like, high, high torque. We're looking for like the. Are, are you guys still. The, so 
I ran on road up until 2019 and we had our fast guys. It was a, it wasn't motor of the week. It was rotor of the week. Are you going to go with the high torque? Are you going to go with the high RPM? What width rotor are you going to go with? What are you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, so it's highly track dependent. Okay. Um, and if you're not doing that in off-road and you're racing like open motor, yeah. um, something you're, you're missing it too. So, right. um, it's highly track, um, and track layout. So right. if you go from tight <clears throat> technical layout to an open flowy layout, like your rotor should probably change, not always, but, um, at least your gearing and well, yeah, gearing actually, changes. Well, if you have your timing set correctly, it won't need to change. But unless you change your, your rotor, yeah, which is a whole uh, different thing. But yeah. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Joe. I run mod. Yeah, it's great. You know, the last time I bought a mod motor, well, that's not true. I bought another one for the wheeler. But um, yeah, I don't know how old my mod motor is, and I don't care. Yeah, because. It's fast. Yeah. I, it's so fast. The timing's at 23 degrees. Yeah. I miss running I something mod. More power? Great. We'll just turn the timing. It's so hard in carpet off-road. And when we did have a clay track, Joey, do you remember us trying to run mod at the 510? It was a chore. Well, we ran mod and we had a class of it. We had like six guys. And then the week after we had four guys and then the week after it was dead just because it was that little bit harder. If you don't know, if you don't have one person who knows what to do in mod yeah. to kind of solidify the group right? and you're all learning together, it takes a long time. So, well, I was telling people about their ESC settings and uh, not num num the car, but to, you know, take. Uh, oh, neuter it. If yeah, it's the first time you're running mod neutering. Yeah, and just don't pull full throttle. But the time the motor all the way down. Um, you know, if twelve three rotor, no twelve five, no boost. Right, take the turbo out. Just run the motor like slow because it's going to be way faster than your seventeen five. Right, and but that... even then, it's not like then you still got to do the the rest of the settings in the ESC. Right. And it's a lot to it, but it's all, not all, but a lot of it's in the ESC. The, if you don't know, in mod, the ESC is as important of a tuning tool as your setup is on the car. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I've been, that's one of the go-to things. Because, well, with, with my car, well, with my off-road cars, you set the timing, you get the you set it to the amp draw is what we do. So you want to keep it under X amp draw, whatever. Um, and there's a couple other little things we look at, obviously, but keep it simple. So my timing set and I, I swear I play with throttle frequency or drive frequency and punch more than other things on the setup because it's like i'm confident my chassis setup but i'm either blowing this corner by six feet or i'm doing this it's it's a lot 
But anyway, um, oh, AJ said uh, they tried running Mod at Thunder Road, and that's a track that did have the size, and nobody wanted to run it. If I, you need, I really, you need somebody to give, not everybody is going to want to run mod. Right. Some people want to run stock and that's okay. Like, you know, I don't run a one full scale, uh, but some people do. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not for everybody, but you need somebody to kind of build the class locally. Right. Um, that likes running mod. Like I here in the Midwest, mod touring is not like big, but I could go to almost any track and have four guys to race with. Nice. Um, and that's not great, but that's you know five of us on the track, and if the track isn't ginormous, that's too much. Like that's enough because you can have a little discrepancy in talent yep. or speed and. You know, you get lapped, every, you know, three, four times in a five-minute race. That's that's a lot of time to be putting down. It's an ego killer a little bit. Good. <laughs> Check the ego at the door. No, you're right. Well, both you and I, you know, I'm sure you've been tapped out by a woman as well. And... <laughs> Dude, I got tapped out by kids. Yeah. Even, like, late, this, we have this um, black belt lady. Well, we got a bunch of them, but we got a... Uh, this one lady and she beat my ass for like yeah. seven minutes, whatever the role was. <laughs> and then you roll with these kids that are like 16 years old yeah. and they look like me. Yeah. Like they just, they understand jujitsu so much better. Right. But yeah. That's like at jujitsu, like one of the first things you go, well, hopefully you go with somebody, you know, but if you don't, yeah. One of the first things that you're you're gonna learn is that you check your ego at the door. Yeah. Because if you bring it in with you, it's going to get hurt a lot, and I, then you're probably not gonna want to come back because you're not in the right mindset. So have you ever seen anybody like rage quit jujitsu and run out the door and never see him again? Yeah, I've seen people get mad at like the person they're rolling with and like try to actually fight them. Yeah. And lose they'll just like take them down yeah and then the person's scrambling to get back up and then they run away yeah they do (laughs) it's it's one of the most fun things some people can't let it go you know but anyways and you should have i've been trying to take that since i started jujitsu i've been trying to take that same mentality to the track but also keeping a competitive edge, and it's can be difficult. Um, yeah, yeah. That's why I leave. So the only thing I allow myself to really be competitive in and like dive into, because I'm a very competitive person, is, is racing at the on road racing, specifically modified touring. When I go off road racing, I'm not going there to win. I'm not going right. there to do anything. I'm going there to get some track time, hang out with some friends. Just enjoy myself or try to. It's it's kind of hard. When I go to jiu-jitsu, I have a list of things to do there. Yeah. First, workout. Second, to beat the demons down. Yeah. Check my ego. Yep. And the third is to learn jiu-jitsu. It's not right. even in the top. Competitive jiu-jitsu is not existent for Zach because I don't have any more time to donate to do it. Exactly. We, we all know how to get good at something because we're yep. all decent racers. And it's time. Quality time. Got to put in that 
effort to get in that the to be good at something and if you're you want to be better at something you need to put in the time and you need to do it the right way right and it's it's hard so my gym has started a 6 a.m jiu-jitsu class so (laughs) that does not cut into family time and i can go to that and make it to work on time What's really difficult is it's a different class and it's a different workout. And it's like, all right, I have to walk to shipping. Don't get Bambi legs. Don't stumble. <laughs> don't. Because what it is, it's not like normal jujitsu class. Like this guy, our instructor, I love him to death. He was on the MMA podcast last time. He works us to death. So it's all right. For this, he puts on, I don't know why, because he just finds it hilarious for some reason, but he puts on Divorce Dad Rock. Like, he puts on, like, you know, Nickelback. So I um, have to use the bathroom. Yeah, go right. for it. Go for Sorry. it. So, anyways, yeah. Joey, are you planning on racing anytime? Or are you still just trying? I'm hoping to. Are you still uh, trying to figure out things? Yeah. I got you. I'm, tr- I'm trying to fit racing in, though. But yeah. Well, you the more been... I can work, the more money I can make. Yep. Jeremiah saying five-finger death punch. Yeah, the divorce dad rock. It's ridiculous. Um, We'll get to another question here. Should we wait for Zach or get into another question? We'll probably get into another one, huh? We'll get into a quick local one. He goes, how many tracks this year are going to run fifth scale dirt bikes besides Southern at Minnesota RC Raceway? Um, FTR is allowing us to run fifth scale again. I'm sure if you had a class of five, he would let you run dirt bikes. You know what? And we've talked about this before, but uh, the Party Crashers, uh, Chris from Party Crashers, Austin goes, Zach's probably changing his shirt again. <laughs> he better, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, Chris from Party Crashers put his uh, ice wheels on a dirt bike, and that's mm-hmm. the best I've seen one. They look the best on the ice. It's ridiculous. They look the way you would want them to handle. So anyways, um. But anyways, Zach, what I said about that 6 a.m. class, what we do is, like, you start from uh, bottom side control, and you're there for the entire song. And your goal is to submit the person on top, sweep them, or get onto your feet. Getting to guard is not successful. So that's, you know, just what we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Huh? Situational roles. Yes. Like this, well, a few of us are um, going to try to go to the World's Masters this year in September. Mm. I'm going to do a couple local tournaments and try, I'm going to try the 185 pound class because I've, I've put on about 20 pounds and I could lose five. I feel really good at 185 pounds, like, 
I still almost have the same speed as I did at 170, but I can move people. Mm-hmm. So I know the feeling. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Here's the question that all of us have had opinions on. Um, Mike Luplo is wondering this, but he doesn't have Facebook. So my buddy asked me this, Pat asked this one. He goes, qualifying sessions tend to be four minutes in length. Race is six minutes. No other forms of races use two separate two thirds of racing length to qualify for the main event. If qualifying was reduced to two minutes, a 13 minute program would be reduced or a 13 heat program would be reduced by 52 minutes. A shorter program, particularly on weeknights would be especially beneficial for young drivers <laughs> who, um, the sport needs to grow. He goes, is two minutes sufficient enough time? Two rounds of two-minute qualifiers. Well, it is an oval. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no. A lot of the racing really doesn't even start until four minutes in. And most of the places are five minutes qualifier five yeah. minutes um mains with the exception sometimes you get a little bit longer mains yeah um but most of the time it's uh five minutes five minutes um so i and, had to i had to uh, shorten it to, so people are out out of there before midnight my goal is to get the group out before midnight so that's what he was you know so we're at four minute qualifier six minute a mains Five-minute lower means. Oh, I see. Um, I think that's okay, honestly. It's not... If you want to be out of there sooner, then get your butt on track sooner. You know... Get out to your marshal spot sooner. They did a you, fantastic job on Friday. Usually, as a race director, I'm yelling at guys. Mm -hmm. Like, two or three times... Uh, two or three times around. And that equals... Five, six minutes round, seven minutes round. But they were pretty darn good on Friday. I was super stoked. Um, but yeah, just last way. Last, and we've had, you know, we've beaten this to death, but it's like, how do you shorten the qualifying, but to keep it fair and to keep it accurate and still have a decent length main? I mean, I think we need a different style of of racing, but I don't know what that is. Um, this is kind of what we adopted and what we grew up with, but it's not necessarily like the best, right? You know, Clayton's talk. Clayton Young, the Royal President, yes. talks about some kind of different format, and I'd be interested in trying something. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be like a permanent thing um but to try to do something and then you know i the track time is hard um you know the generally the better you are the more track time you're gonna have and the only way to get better is to get more track time so it's kind of like a catch 22 right right um but that's with like anything you want to be you know, you want more playtime in basketball? Well, you got to be good at basketball. Right. 
Um, you know? Yeah, Gary saying he had explained yesterday uh, marshalling issues. If you have to wait two minutes for sixty races, because I think they had six, they had like seventy two total races yesterday overall the whole race night. That's two hours of wasted time. Well, you can start docking laps. Yeah, but dude, I've done that. I I don't I don't like. So as a guy who trains daily, real-life physical confrontation scares the hell out of me because a lot of bad things can happen. A lot of bad... Yeah. And when you dock a lap, you're going to have pretty close <laughs> you're to... Gonna get, you're going to get people's attention. You are, and I've done that before. And, um, yeah, I've almost gotten into fistfights over it. I mean, we're all grown men at the RC track, um, you know, and I, I do think it is a sport. I don't think it's – some people have it as a hobby. Yeah. But it, I think it's a sport. You know, you could play football as a sport. Yeah. Or, excuse me, as a hobby, but it, it is a sport. Yeah. Like, we're not super physical about it, um, but that's my opinion. And, you know, people get emotional about it, but also – Hey, I don't want to be here until one in the morning because you guys want to dick around and do whatever. That's not, you know, I'm out here um, generally before, like, if you got done racing, put your stuff down at the track because most of them have a rack or a rail or a yeah. basket or something. Don't go back to your pit. Go out to your spot. The guys that are getting ready, once the marshals are out there, you know, get your warm up lap, two laps in, and we're gonna start. Right. And I think you know, like a lot of places do, like two minutes is enough time. And yeah, in two minutes who's your RC hobby flex, which you have to walk up this giant driver stand and go out to this ginormous track. Yeah. Two minutes is more than enough time to to get your butt down that driver stand, put your stuff in the basket, get out to a bucket. Right. With, with Oval, we're fire, firing them off at 45 seconds in between, and at Dollar, I'm at about 90 seconds. I started that shit. Yeah. And it works out perfectly. It does, because everybody gets about six warm-up laps, and yeah, it's good. It makes it, 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 makes it go pretty, mm-hmm. pretty smooth. You're normally out of there about 8.30, 9 o'clock, as long as everybody cooperates, yeah. that is. Um, Gary. You could also do you know reduced heats too? Right, so right. You do two qualifiers instead of three. Yeah, we do. At dollar, it's just it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? It, the format we do now. Now I've flirted with the idea because round one, um, we resort after round one. So I flirted with the idea of making round one two-minute races and having them a seating round. And then round two being the actual qualifying round. But the problem there is if somebody breaks, they can't, you know what I mean? They're starting in literally the F main because we go down that far sometimes. Well, it sucks to break. It does. In there. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> that, that's... If you do all points, it doesn't help your case either. So. Nope. Nope. I mean, rocket rounds the only one that that does that. Right. Um, 
Gary sent me a message saying he's working on a foray series once a month oval between uh, Hobby Farm and Hibbing this summer. He said five classes so far, so keep your eye up for that. And then um, Cap Cam is also wondering um, would a three-lap super pole-style qualifying work for RC then do double or triple mains, no bumps? Oh, that's tough. So like one qualifier and then three mains? So no, it would be a three-lap Super Pole style. So you get three laps and that's your qualifying. And it's just then, like he's okay. – so I, I did see that and I thought about it. It's just like regular racing. They do – Yeah. They send three guys out there. They run three laps. They take your best time out of your three laps, and that's how you set up for the heat races. So you run your one heat race, top three advance in – uh, whoever wins the race, let's say Heat 1 will start inside second row or inside third row. Heat 2, inside uh, second row. Heat 3, inside first row, and then so forth. Yeah. And then everybody else has to run that didn't finish third and on has to run a B-main. And yeah. then who, however many advance out of that. Yeah, but he's saying no bumps. So where you start is where you start. I don't know. I think there's a lot of cool formats that could work. Um, you know, and it just kind of depends on how, you know, we want to do this. And I think kind of why we settled on the format we have now is it's fair for everybody. Like, you pay your 20 bucks or whatever, yeah. and we all get about the same amount of track time, barring bumps or, like, double, triple A mains or something. But, again, we go back to you're good, and you get rewarded with more track time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been doing the, um, I did the math on it. So I started racing in 1988 and entry fees were $10 back then. Like, and there was a structure breakdown. Do you realize with inflation for club racing, we really should be paying $30 for our first class sign in. And that I still don't see as unreasonable. Uh, well, you're paying thirty dollars to go race at a facility all day. I yeah, mean, exactly. All, not all day, but like an evening. Yeah, I still think it's reasonable, but nobody charges that much. I'm trying to like get track owners to start that trend and charge him. Like Gary charges ten dollars a class. Yeah, it's like okay, I feel bad. <laughs> you know, it's it's like I'm not paying enough. So well, you're having trouble getting people spending forty dollars for a year. So I don't think. Um, yeah, you I know, think an extra five or ten dollars a week is going to make it. When Clayton, um, when <laughs> Gary said he'd love that, <laughs> um, what what I was going to say is I joined Roar because of you and Clayton, because well, not just because of you and Clayton, but also Brent Densford and everything you guys are doing it's you're doing something you know yeah. you're doing something and not just going to the a scale off-road nationals and i think that's all they ever went to yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of stuff that needs to be done in roar and i get you know people are like well when is this going to happen when is this going to happen i'm like i got two hands yeah there's so many times in the day you know what would be better? 
if I had your two hands and some time in your day, oh, but if you're right here, we could do some more stuff. Yeah. And then find another person over here. And then Joe's in Minnesota with yeah. Joey and Jeff. And then we can all do something together. Yeah. Like more people make less work so we can all enjoy this stuff. Huh. That's weird. We need a Region 7 director. And I'm not the guy because I've discussed this before that I I take things too personally and I will not go to two Roar sanctioned tracks because of personal reasons. So I'm not the guy for that job. But Jeff Choban's the guy for that job. And I've told him that. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm the right person to be region director in in mine, but I was the only person who signed up. So, right, if I'm going to be the only person carrying the torch. I guess I'll I'll keep doing it until somebody better shows up. Right. So, were you part uh, of the bruggy and truggy discussion? No, uh, I do have an opinion on it though. Oh. I have I have raised. Uh, eight scale buggy and yep. eight scale truggy. Yeah, I have not raced seven seventh scale buggy, unfortunately. I have. Uh, AKA I have. Oh, okay. So go ahead. I'd like <laughs> to hear your opinion. So here's what I look at it as. I like that they're making a rule on it, and it's not a bad rule. Um, but I like seeing everybody's a opinion like there's opinions on both ways that are very valid um we also don't know what the rules are we just know there's going to be rules yes um and the body's going to go over the shock tower from what i understand that's yeah but what does that mean well kyosho started this now if you look at kyosho's last truggy body that wasn't a bruggy body that ugly thing started because it was skirting those rules because they understood the raw rules. They made that Kyosho is, they run the perfect gray line company. I remember one year at the Worlds, they had the only IFMAR legal wing. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing ever um, because they know the rules. There are rules in place and they follow them. But it was this ugly, super narrow. It went over the shock tower, but man, it, it was about the size of a flock foil in the front. It was nasty looking. And then a year or two later, Techno came out with the bruggy body and then it snowballed. But like why it's I don't I don't understand. I think they should be different classes. I don't think No, they should. If you want to run one class like it's faster cool but it should be different like they shouldn't be the same thing and did you listen to keenan's podcast um i'm, I'm sure i did Max said? um yeah like he's so, oh go ahead yeah he suggested an eight scale stadium truck yeah which i thought was kind of okay like yeah. i don't have a dog in this fight anymore but it's it's interesting seeing the different thoughts on it and i think that something cool could happen and make it different and make it 
so that the rest of the world cares about eight scale trucking because most of the world doesn't give no. a shit about it. It's no. US. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, sorry, I had to bring that up before we ended because I was literally about ready to end it, but it's like, yeah. I'm curious about this one because I run 40 plus nitro, which is a truggy. And then Joe three is getting out of sportsman. He's out of sportsman with nitro racing. Buggy is just, I, I, I know he's not going to win and I know he's not going to make an A or a B, but that buggy class is way too hard locally for him. You know what I mean? He needs the stepping stone of the Truggy. So he's going to be running a Truggy as well. Plus tires. Well, also, tires up front are more expensive, but they last way, way, way longer. So tires eventually end up being cheaper. Eventually. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's... For me, a scale, it's not my, I have two completely opposite favorite things to race. I love carpet off-road and I love fist scale. Everything else in between is a filler. It really is. Oval's a blast, but it's not my number one. But I'm, I don't know. It, it didn't hit me the same way that fist scale hit me, but I do like it. All right, guys, Zach, I appreciate you for coming on, and we'll be seeing more of you. Hopefully. Hopefully we ain't scare you away. Yeah. 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 I got to get to me. Huh? It'd be mainly me scaring him away. Yeah. You said three words. Huh? You said three words. Yeah. Joe and I. I know. I know. Uh, well, we were waiting for you. I was waiting for you a couple times, and you're just like, oh, oh. Yeah, freaking. Anyway. Yeah, my bird's going nuts, and I got to go jiu-jitsu at 6 a.m. So I'm Joe Jr., and with me was Joey Fitzsimmons and Zach Donathan, and we have ran out of talent. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>